Religion is culture, who you choose to follow, society, where you're born. You're going to be a Hindu if you're born in India. If you're born in China, you may be a Buddhist or a communist, who knows. If you're born in America, you're going to probably be Christian, but you could be whatever. You could be a Mormon, you could be a Catholic. Depending on what your parents are, you know, and what your influences are. You know, so it's like a roll in the dice. That's religion. A lot of dogma. People interpret something. Somebody comes through and this great saint or sage goes, hey, here's what I think, and everybody writes it down. Next thing you know, that becomes religion. Jesus wasn't a Christian. Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. They came and just did their thing, right? And somebody created religion. What I believe is this, that we're all made in the image of God. And you say, what is that? Everything is made of atoms. So at the atomic level, everything is made out of the same material. And there's an energy in those atoms. I'm not much of a scientist, but there's an energy. These things are going around, neutrons, electrons. What's moving it? In my heart, I'm saying love. Love is, love is the movement. Love is the energy. So each one of us is made in the image of God because we all have love at our basic foundation, our core. Until you reach that point where you say, there is no separation. But giving up that individual self, my gosh, who wants to give up being me, you? But when you have a moment where you have a, a God moment, like Samadhi, where all of a sudden you are everything around you and within you. You feel the tree, you see and hear the sky. You're all one. And when you have that experience, never again can you really not forgive somebody or not love somebody. You can not like somebody, that's okay. I don't like him, he's mean. But you love him. Because you know that is you. We're all one. There is no other thing going on. People are trying to figure out what God is. Like God's a thing. God's this man with a gray beard. God's this angel of light. I think the creator, the source, will accommodate whatever we think and feel God is. Whatever you think God is, God is to you. And if you see God in all, then how could you get mad at a Hindu that's got a shivling on an altar? Oh, he's worshiping his rock. No, he's not. He sees God in all. God's in a rock. Show me where God is not. We're in this dream. It's an illusion. People go, oh, you're a soldier. These people, nobody got killed. Yes, people in their minds suffered. In this dream, they suffered. But in reality, in reality, it's all God. People don't get this. When I say this, people get really upset. God created Satan. So therefore, he created all evil too. Where are you going to separate? God only does good. God created evil. Why? And the mosquito, that's his too. Blame it on him, right? Come on, rats, that's all him. That's all God. Mankind tries to judge this through the human consciousness. As long as you're in creation, you're never truly going to know God. You'll have aspects. You'll have some beautiful things, light, love, things. But if you don't experience God looking in the mirror, you never will. <laughs> God's there. It's, it's just there in all of us. When uh, I was in this coma, I entered this amazingly peaceful dimension where um, I was out of my body and I um, saw this beam of light that um, was sort of floating in midair. And she was amazingly beautiful and powerful. Um, 
she was everything that you want or that you imagine or you, this represented love this being was everything there is um, there is nothing that you can compare it to there are no words really to explain what it felt like this is a space where you do not want to leave you want to stay there this is what we all strive to get at but I kept going through the light and I said no I need to get to the light the urge to get back to the source was so strong I didn't care about anything else so I finally got to the source um, you can call it what you want. I don't know what religions you are, whether it's God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, they're all the same. It's the energy source of our creator. It doesn't have either sex. It's non-sexual. It's just this magnificent power of unconditional love that you can't even begin to understand the concept of. I'm having this conversation with what I call God. But it wasn't the man in the beard and the white cloak and the staff. And it was an entity surrounded by gold fragments of life. You know, imagine a fire going out on the ambers, the gold ambers just are floating all around you. But multiply that by 10 times. This, this fragment of energy was going through me. It came from my solar, in the back, and went out through my solar plexus, and I could feel this kindness and compassion and love that, how do you describe it? I mean, if you have a dog, you know how much you love your dog. If you have a girlfriend, you know how much you love your girlfriend. Multiply that 10 times, 10 times 10. It's not suffice. That's how much love you feel. World, because we're physical beings, we, we call this a world of duality. And what duality means, means a separation. There's good and bad, negative, positive, hot, cold. Um, war, peace, and so on. But it also means that, that that we're separate, we're physical. You know, you your physical body is separate from my physical body. When we are not expressing from our physical bodies, your essence, your consciousness, and my consciousness are actually one. You and I are one. Um, and our consciousness are one. Everybody out there, when we're not expressing through our physical body, at our consciousness, there's no separation. There's no separation between you and me or, or, um, or me and anyone else or Obama or Mother Teresa or Hitler. There's no separation between any of us because we all share the same consciousness. So when we're without our body, there's no separation between me and God. But when we are in our bodies, we feel the separation, you and me, or whether it's a Hindu, a Christian, a Muslim, we feel we're all separate. And we feel that any kind of guidance or help or what we pray to, we feel that even that is something separate. When we're not in our bodies, there's no separation. It's all one. It's a state of non-duality. So even God is not a being that is separate from you and me. We're all merged. We're all one. And that is the state of God. It's a state of being. When I was in this light and I saw it, it just slowly like, just 
disappeared everything and all I could see was this light. And it got so big that I couldn't focus on anything else around me. Do I really remember, like, if anyone was even there, if I was still there, I believe I was still in my body at that time, but consciously on a different level from the physical which is very similar for people in comas and they wake up and they have an NDE as well. It's very similar. And so I remember all these different colored lights just blossoming and birthing out of this massive source of energy. And there were sounds and it was it was like a hymn in a way, and I could hear a voice, and he said, and I say he, out of habit, because so many people refer to God as a him, but God is both male and female energy frequency, and people ask, what voice did you hear when you heard God? And what I have discovered is that God's voice can be many kinds. And what it is, is what voice you imagine God to sound like. What voice that would be pleasant for you to hear would be his voice. I'm feeling him now. very hard to talk about without being very emotional because it's something that so many people wish to experience and to witness and it's such an honor to share it it was like all of the love that I was trying to find in myself was finally here. I was trying so hard for so many years when I was a little girl. I prayed to God every day. Tried to go to church, but I never felt God in church. I just haven't. There's nothing wrong with church, but I never felt Him presently in that way. And I learned it's because God is not in a physical place. God is here. You can't find God. You find God in here. In the experience I had, I immediately left my body and I passed all of the other places that I've heard from other people's stories. Uh, so I didn't watch the accidents. I wasn't watching surgery. I wasn't having, uh, I wasn't meeting deceased relatives. I, none of that was my experience. I was called through the so-called tunnel so quickly whew, that I came out the other end in, and you've heard from many of us say, there are no words that are enough, but the only words I can use is that when I came out of the other end, I actually just experienced nothing except 100% uh, 
of the source, I like to say the source of all energy and all light and even all love and even, yes, all knowledge. And I was there. I didn't have all knowledge. I don't want to be that arrogant. I could feel quite humbly, in fact, that I was really at the source of all. And before I heard a voice talk to me, which I'll share with you in a moment, just in that experience of discovering that I was just this part of the source, and I already knew I'd had prior lives, so that made it easy for me to recognize, wow, if my soul and all of your souls come from the very same source of all energy, then we are all one. In that way and to that extent, the source of our soulful energy is all one. Uh, but I was taken, guided into this area where a bright light in the distance began to get closer and closer. And as the light got closer and closer, it, it just encompassed me in a full way that's not really possible to explain here. It wrapped me in a feeling of total peace and comfort that I had never known before and have never known since. And as this happened, I rapidly began to ask questions. Now, when I say ask questions, this isn't in the way we communicate in this world. It was as if the second I began to think the question, the answer was given to me in a multitude of ways. I would know it from its history, for its reasons it was happening. For instance, I said at one point, what is the meaning of life? And this being, who I personally believe was God, or at least a representative of God, if not God himself, communicated to me, not the word love, but the understanding of love, an understanding of love that I really couldn't have had before because I just thought, well, love, you know, you love your mother, you love your, your dog, you know, uh, peace, love, you know, all that. But it wasn't that. It was a love that was total and all-encompassing. So, no, I haven't been a perfect, loving, wonderful human being. No, at the times I've probably been pretty horrible. But behind all of that, there is this knowledge of that love, that it is there and that it is so immense and so powerful and that it is within me. And it's more a case of our human weakness. We get angry. We, we hurt people. It's not that we mean to. It's not that we always intend to. It's just human nature. And um, this, this has just helped me to understand that there is also a lot of mercy from God. God is not the grumpy old man throwing lightning bolts at us. That is not who God is. I think that's a very unfortunate image that, that has been brought about over the centuries. God is a being that wishes the best for us, that wishes us to rise up to new heights and to develop and to expand and to, and to become greater beings that we are. And, and that's a part of the transition. That's a part of the process of, of learning and of growing and of living. So when I went into the sun, then I was in the light for real. 
and mm -hmm. I was permeated with that joy and that bliss and that love beyond measure. And I was starving for it. And I remember having the feeling like, finally. And then I had the sense almost instantly that I was being held the way a baby is held by a parent. I couldn't see anything because all I saw was the light, but you can know things without seeing them visually. And I knew that the parent was embracing me and I knew that the parent was pouring this love into me. I was ready to just hang out there forever. I was so complete and happy and I loved the parent too. That's one thing I can say I had love back. But the second I was out of my body, there was no panic whatsoever and it was very calm and I felt wrapped in love. Now, the reason why I felt so amazingly wrapped in love was because the minute that I said, huh, I think I died, I realized there was an incredibly amazing presence next to me. And I can only, I don't want to impede on anyone's religions or anything, but my feeling was that it was God. It was either God or it was Jesus or it was you know, the source of everything, um, whatever you want to call the words. I, I felt connected to that, to that person, to that being through eternity. I felt literally as though he'd always been there. And so now I realize everywhere I go, he's always there. That's pretty important for all of us to realize when we're going through our day, is that he's never left us. He's always with us. And I knew that there was this connection through eternity in the future, too. So it was a really amazing feeling to feel him next to me. I never looked to see if there was any physical presence. I just felt this incredible presence. And I didn't, it was like if you're married to someone, or if you have your child next to you, or if you have your mother next to you, do you really need to look at her? You know who she is. She's, she's her. She's, you don't need to see her so you to know who she is. And that's just how I felt. Um, it's, uh, many people uh, describe in their NDE a light. I, I didn't see a light like many describe, about a third of them describe the light. Mine, I'm looking on the universe and this flood of energy is just coming into me. I didn't ask it. I don't know where it came from, but I know I'm home. You feel, wow, where did this come from? This is just pouring in. And you know you're loved beyond anything you've ever felt here. You know you're perfect. You know that you're accepted. There's nothing that, nothing to, no conditions. You are accepted and loved. And from that, you know this is where I came from. And from that, you know, this is where I'm going to be going when I die. And from that, you know the love. This is who I am. And then when you get back here, and you get in groups, and you get some validation from others, you really know this wasn't a dream. You know, this has really happened. All of a sudden, I had an instantaneous shift in consciousness. I didn't go through a tunnel, I didn't die, I didn't do any of that, it was boom. Next thing I know, I'm in a black void and I'm seeing this 
golden white light, beautiful, magnificent, gigantic, pouring out energy and light and profound unconditional love that was hitting me, filling me up, and it was powerful. The power that, and I knew I was in the presence of my creator. I knew it, and the love was unbelievable. Uh, it's infinite power that that love controls, and I knew that if this being did not want me to exist anymore in half a thought, I'd be gone forever. But there was this feeling of benevolence being, no words were spoken to me. This was all done with energy, of emotional energy. I don't even, I can't explain it. I don't know how to explain that, but that's what was going on. And the benevolence was equally infinite and, and was letting me know how precious I, I was to this being. And I felt like, this is the best analogy I've been able to come up with yet over the decades. It felt like it was, the, I was, it was the end of the life of the universe. And I was so precious that I was being loved, held and cradled by every mother that ever lived, everywhere, every when, all at once. And I was just dumbfounded. I couldn't believe what I was experiencing. And as wonderful as that sounds, as an analogy, you need to understand this. That analogy absolutely sucks. It does not come close. I could speak about this for a billion years nonstop and I would never be able to express it properly. That's why it's ineffable. And uh, that's the best description I've been able to come up with so far. Um, and um, I said three words in just dumbfounded awe of uh, what I was feeling and experiencing. And I just said, oh my goodness. And the essence of goodness just exploded through me, ripped through everything of me. And, uh, and then there was joy and bliss and ecstasy and peace and harmony all on a cosmic scale. And it was like when God, when I first saw God or God saw me or whatever, it was like God, God was insanely in love with me. I had no idea love could be like that. And it was like God's throwing a cosmic party. There was no sound, but there's this cosmic party going on. God's going, everybody love Tony's back, everybody. <laughs> and uh, I was just, oh, it's 35 years ago and it still does that to me. Oh my God. And I was home. There was this energy that I knew I was home, finally home. And uh, I think God did what he did next because he knew me. And I'm an engineer. I have a mind of an engineer. I need proof. I'm a very pragmatic, logical, down-to-earth kind of guy. And if he had not done this, uh, what he did next, I would have probably written it all off as just a dream. Uh, but what happened next is this moment in all of this happening when I was in the light where I had this, what I call the urge to merge. There's this deep instinctive desire to go be in the light. It's all you want. You don't want anything else. I had a wife and a two and a half year old son, didn't even think about them. You can't because your consciousness is just overwhelmed with all this and that's all you want is to go deeper in the light. And when that happened, I physically sat up in bed and had my arms out when I opened my eyes and my face is all wet and and then there was and I'm looking at, at the foot of the bed at the wall at the other end of the room 
and there's no wall. <laughs> the, the light is in my bedroom. God's in my bedroom. It was like a billion stars lit up the room, and I could see my wife's feet out of the peripheral vision of my eyes, and I knew she had her back to me. But I'm thinking, how can she sleep through this? It's like fucking bright as it can be in here. How can she sleep through this? And then I went, this is real. I had enough time to think, this is happening. I could got in my bedroom. This is real. And as soon as that happened and I knew it was real, I was saying it in my head, the, it was like a 10-foot circle, no wall. It all went, not in an instant, but it came down and just kind of went to the center from the outer edges and just went. So whisking through this tunnel, the next thing that I'll describe to you is that way off and paradoxically to infinity was this minute little speck of light. Um, that light was very profound. It was the first identifiable object that I was able to perceive or see. So I was eagerly anticipating what is that and isn't that beautiful. And with that realization, it was even more profound because that little speck of light way, way off in the distance was very bluntly the most beautiful thing that I had ever experienced in my life. It was absolute total beauty. It was white. Sometimes we like to dress up white by saying blue-white. Uh, like we try to grade diamonds and such. Um, it was absolutely pure. It was brighter than something that would immediately blind you. It was the brightest thing that I'd ever experienced. Brighter than a hundred thousand carbon arcs or welder's torches. Various things of brightness that we could measure. Um, it, will, it was at least the equivalent and brilliance of the supernova. Um, it was also other than beautiful, it represented a type of love that I'd never experienced. Uh, now I can use the phrase unconditional love, although I wasn't familiar with that phrase at the time of this accident. Uh, as I got closer to it, it's incorrect for me to say that the light got better, because I'm trying to describe perfection for you. Once you attain perfection, you can't get better than that. You can't have something improve. And in spite of that dilemma, it is paradoxically accurate for me to say that it was more perfect, it was better and better, and in the last several years a realization has come that if you have something that is perfect and you're observing it or you're experiencing it, it can't get any better, but you and your perceptions can get clearer and more accurate. So as I developed a better sense of what it was I was experiencing, that's where I have the the sensation or the realization that things got better or clearer or more accurate. Um, there was some type of a deceleration in this tunnel because the next thing that I want to describe to you is that I was motionless. I was stopped at the end of the tunnel and I had a realization, let's just call it intuitive again, that behind me was this tunnel. I did not turn around to verify it, say to turn around and look at it. It wasn't necessary. Much more importantly was before me and then covering the entire vista before me, just totally engulfing everything, was the light. As I approached the end of that tunnel, I realized that the light itself was emanating from outside the end of the tunnel. It was not the very end of the tunnel. It was engulfing whatever the realm was outside this tunnel. Um, and again, that might just be symbolism. It might just be... Um, um, a focused perception onto the aspect of the light. 
and once that perception is focused accurately enough to perceive any degree of it, then there's no longer the need for this symbolic tunnel or funneling or focusing. I like those phrases. It's interesting. Um, I've never quite told it that way. I think it shines a little different light on the subject. Um, before me was the light, and instantaneously, and I want to emphasize instantaneously, the light emanated to me in a telepathic way. And, you know, let's, let me first say and get out of the way that, very bluntly, the light is God. The light is the light of Jesus Christ. The light of Buddha enlightened. And, of course, uh, if you're offended by this Eastern uh, analogy that uh, this man, Buddha, that I'm saying is also the light and God, I'm not saying that he, the man Buddha, is God. I'm saying that a man who became Buddha and extremely enlightened has passed on and is now in that light and therefore God-like. Um, that's what I'm describing, but as I first perceived it, I just perceived that the light emanated to me and made me understand that some most profound things such as uh, and I'll role play again to describe the dialogue of sorts that I've kind of translated for instance the light emanated to me uh, Tom you have to be where you are and in the condition that you are and before you is the light which is redundant because I was already experiencing that um, you have an opportunity Tom to perceive or desire or ask any question, any series of questions. And regardless of what the question is or how, how intensive the knowledge is necessary to even understand a proper questioning, that as soon as you formulate the desire for such a question, that the absolute unequivocal correct answer will be emanated instantly back to you. Now what I'm describing is a thing that I've a phrase that I've coined which is very accurate and it's superluminal telepathic communication in that it's a telepathic type of rapport just thought pattern to thought pattern that functions at or faster than the speed of light little loose ends tied together and uh, this was not just logical deductive reasoning uh, this is something that I was shown and told as part of the experience uh, in other words if you're so inclined to understand anything at all about clairvoyance it would be a telepathic, clairvoyant-type rapport that is extremely pure or functioning at such a speed that is outside the realm of this physical existence and outside time. I wasn't in heaven. I was at heaven. There is a heaven. I've been there. I wasn't in heaven. I was at heaven. And it was paradise. It was overwhelming joy. I felt my whole spirit felt overwhelming joy peace and love I felt this very powerful feeling and when I was there I saw God God looked like the Sun and he was he, he was he, I've got a few things written down and I want to read them things that I have had on my mind that I Writ, I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget. And uh, the, the pleasing radiance of God, His love, joy, and peace is like 
being next to a fire on a cold night. I felt the, I felt the radiance of God, but I felt the power. When I had the experience of being in front of God, I, uh, I, I felt like, I felt like joy overwhelming joy and just it just over overflowed god is so powerful that he, he he just his aura is so strong it's just no earthly words could explain and that's why i wanted you to listen so you can know there's a heaven and God is very, very, very strong, powerful, and loving, and peace, and joy-filled. I, to me, feeling that I got at the time will be, will last forever. That's paradise. That is paradise. That is awesome. I mean, to think that I'm going to feel that way for a reward from this life so that I'm going to feel that good forever, for eternity. And that is, I can't even put that in words. It's, it's outstanding. It's phenomenal. I'm actually going to feel that high. I'm going to feel that high, and that's without no drugs, no drinking, no drugs. It's going to, I'm going to feel high. I'm going to feel higher than I've ever felt, and believe me, I've used and abused every drug and alcohol there is to use and abuse, and I've never experienced the high that I've experienced when I died. There was an inverted funnel um, angled upwards and to the right. And at the far end of the funnel, there was a wide opening. And then at the far end, there was this tiny, tiny pinpoint of light. And um, we went through this area, which was like a portal between this dimension and the spiritual dimension. And it was like a, some great speed, but uh, I kind of, once I went, we went into the, the funnel, I lost all sense of time. There was no time or space. And uh, that's why it's kind of hard to put these things into words because um, it just was. And I knew where I was going. I was going home to the place that we forget, but we long to go our whole lives. And at some point, the angel was gone, but there before me was the living presence of the being of light. And this is where it's really hard to find words, because this being was all things that ever were, are, and will be. And uh, so it wasn't a gender, it didn't have a gender, it was all. And it was perfect knowledge and understanding 
and justice. And it was bathing me in this unconditional love. And I, I, I couldn't receive it just then. And I said, well, I guess this isn't the guy on top of the Sistine Chapel, but I guess this is God. This is who I said the prayer, prayer to. And uh, I had a few questions I had to straighten out first, because I was really angry at God. And what happens is your thoughts go out telepathically. Everything you think um, becomes known. And I, I asked all of my big questions. And they had to be like, why is there suffering? Why is there war? So I received the answers and they came back in perfect clarity. Um, all of the uh, ramifications uh, and I understood com completely. Um, and then as I got, my, I got the answers, I got download after download, um, I had no more questions because suddenly I understood the whole plan. I understood how it, everything worked. And um, and I was okay. <laughs> I was okay with being with God, um, and I felt that I no longer really had a body, even an etheric body. I was just consciousness. And in that moment, I realized that I was connected to the universe, the vast wisdom of the universe, all of it. It was almost as if someone had picked up the grains of my being and threw them into a strong wind and just scattered me across this infinite timeless expanse of the universe. And it was such an amazing thing because while I was standing there in that place, I felt like all I had to do, if I had a question, all I had to do was think about it and the answer came to me. It was in that place, I did not experience, I know that I've read some other near-death experience since I've had mine, but there wasn't, um, the five senses had no functionality in that place. In other words, I, I couldn't smell anything or taste anything or feel anything or hear anything. It was just me standing in the middle of this timeless expanse. And having been raised Catholic, I was... You know, looking for, I was disappointed that I did not see any divine being, which was an interesting part of my experience, because I did not see angels, I did not see Jesus Christ, I did not see anything. But what I did feel and what was kind of imprinted on my spirit in a way that I wholly and completely understood, it was like their uh, communication is telepathic. It's sensed and felt and then absorbed. That's how communication is. It's without words. That was my experience. And the Creator impressed upon me things like, I am omnipotent. This is the source of divine energy. This is your real identity. This is the power back of all things. And while I was in that place, I began to see complex mathematical equations just hanging there. And I thought to myself, wow, the laws that govern the universe are so simple, so elegant. 
And I understood in that place that I was not my body, my race, my religion. I was part of this love and light that is this expanse, this divine energy. And what happened next was so fascinating because then I saw and became part of this web of twinkling lights. And the way I described this web, which is what the book is named after, it was trillions and trillions and trillions of neurons woven together in this beautiful tapestry of twinkling lights. And they just were infinite. And they just seemed to hang on the ceiling of the universe. And while I was in that place, I understood that, you know, from science class, we remember that, that a neuron has a nucleus inside of it. And then it has the dendrites and the tentacles and they all weave together the same way that, you know, our brain is made, our heart is made, the solar system is made. But in that place, I realized that each little spark of light or quark, and quarks are the smallest building blocks of matter, which are made of light. And I understood in that place that this is how the divine creates. The divine creates with light. You know, God uses light to transform and heal us and also uses that same light energy, whether it's an animate or inanimate thing. All things are one. All things are, it's kind of like we're all made of the same stuff. And when you think about that, when you think about that, that's the recipe. Light is the recipe, whether it's photosynthesis for a, for a plant, um, it really doesn't matter because this is how things manifest. These quarks combine and they create infinite possibilities in the universe. They can create a solar system. They can create a plant, a tree, a person, or a dog. It's all the same. And as I stood there, I realized that we're all connected. Everything is connected. We're all one. And that was the message. It was a message of oneness and unity. The divine expresses and experiences life through us. And this is why I believe that this web that I experienced there in the spiritual realm represents the light and dark struggle of all humanity through every age. It's kind of like a, a mirror. What we do here affects this spiritual web and vice versa. I really believe that some can call it karma. You can call it whatever you want. But that's why what we do here matters so much. And this is where purpose comes into the whole thing, because I believe that every one of us is born with this light inside of us. And that is our purpose. That's that talent or that mission or that gift that we have to express and when I was in the, in the web, I noticed that there were some dark parts of the web, some areas where, you know, human beings were not emanating light as much as they should. And when I was in the, in that, in the ethereal space and, and, and looking at this, I, I thought to myself, well, what is that? Why are there some dark parts of the web? And I came to understand that that's where we really weren't letting this divine energy shine through us as much as we should. 
we weren't living our purpose. And that's what I want. I want that's what I want the audience to learn from me. You know, I lived 56 years not understanding what my purpose was. I had to die to figure it out. I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. I understand now why I had to die because now I understand that writing this book, letting this person express through me, seeing the value of my daughter, seeing the value of all humanity, that we're, we all come from the divine. We all have this potential to express with this bright light and live out our passion and our dream, but we've got to figure it out. We have a responsibility to figure out what our purpose is because that's when our light, our quark, our spark shines the brightest both on, on earth and in the spiritual realm.